Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Becca Barr started out as an assistant theatrical agent at PFD Theatrical Agency and went on to set up and run the talent division at Stuart Higgins Communications. After earning a huge amount of experience, Becca Barr decided to go it alone and in 2007 she set up her own agency, Becca Barr Management, offering an all-encompassing service for the new age of social influencers, TV personalities and presenters, helping them to branch out and grow their presence online, as well as developing their personal brand across the board in the media world. This is going to be an interesting podcast today. Somebody I know as well, although not particularly well, but I'm going to get to know you a lot better. Well, Welcome to the show, Becca. Thank you very much for having me, And Sandro. you are a very busy lady, so I'm extremely glad you've taken the time and trouble to come and visit us today in the studio in London. So let's dive right in, if we may. Of course. Um, you've been both an employer and an employee. Mm-hmm. What are the fundamental differences of the two? Oh, <laughs> big question, big I know. Question. Um, well, I think one of the most important things to say is that when I was an employee from the very beginning, um, I really... I started right at the bottom. I had a degree, but I ended up stumbling across um, a job that was just covering maternity as a temp job in a big theatrical agency. And I suddenly sort of found this world that I was like, oh my God, this is magical. There were scripts everywhere. There were eccentric people coming in. There were famous people walking around. There was just lots of different powerful energies around me and I was really attracted to wanting to work there. So I worked really hard. So, you know, anything my bosses wanted at the time, you know, it's Chardonnay at five o'clock, I was down that corner shop. Um, whatever calls needed to be taken, I, I literally, I loved it and I, it, it became a passion. So I think as an employee, I really enjoyed it because it was a job that I knew I wanted to do. So I would say to anyone that did a, is doing a job they're not really enjoying, then it's going to be really hard to dedicate yourself to that. So I think I was a good employee, if I can give myself that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But then when I became an employer, it sort of wasn't a decision that I made to employ people, as in I didn't go, right, I want my own company, I want a team. I basically was working for Stuart Higgins at the time, who is an incredible man and gave me such an opportunity after I'd left PFD. I think really following my gut, I just wanted more creative independence and to be able to work creatively with talent I really believed in without needing sort of a hierarchy to tick that box or tell me what was right or wrong. And I I sort of craved that independence. And so once I'd gone alone, when you go alone, you suddenly go, oh dear, I I think I might need some help. You know, I need some support. So... 
I employed a brilliant, brilliant girl called Carly, who was then Carly Lorenz. She's now Carly Musa. She was with me for about seven years and she was assistant, then, you know, swiftly confidant, you know, then right-hand woman, wing woman, partner in crime. We had such a great time together. So for the first seven years, I was really lucky because I, I didn't really feel like... I was an employer. But then, you know, Carly has a family and then my business grows. And then before you know it, you've got a team of people. Mm. And that is when it makes a difference because suddenly there's different energies in your office. There's people who, you know, slightly, you know, want to be boss. And there's someone else who's a bit nervous and not quite sure. And there's others that really take your guidance. So... I think that really, I didn't really jump into it thinking I was ever going to be a boss. I just thought I was going to be an agent. And now I'm both and I'm learning every day. Putting aside um, the Chardonnay from the corner shop, because I can only imagine what that tasted like. Um, <laughs> Cloudy Bay. <laughs> oh, well, that's not too bad. You, <laughs> you had, you had Cloudy Bay from a, sh- from a corner shop? Surely not. I, I didn't Dury know Lane. such things. That, yeah. oh, okay, well, there we are. <laughs> um, so, but your background, uh-huh. did you kind of wake up one day and decide that that was what you wanted to do? Did it happen by accident? Um, no. What got you into that world in the first place, Becca? So, as uh, I was very fortunate as a child because um, my mum was very keen for me to have lots of extracurricular hobbies. I think maybe because she didn't. So she was very much like do dancing and play the piano. And um, from from my parent parents' sins, I took a violin home from school one day, and my dad was like, "You better take that one back." <laughs> uh, but mum insisted. Something similar happened to me as well. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, mum insisted that I should have the freedom to learn, um, and they were very happy about that because um, when I did uh, my eleven plus, I actually got a scholarship to a school as a music scholar playing that violin. So I was instantly in this world of. Um, music, drama, I did acting lessons and I loved it and I and I, I achieved quite a lot doing it it gave me um, a lot you know, it gave me a lot of joy and I think that when I went into the working world, I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do but I had done some backing singer, singing, sorry, from a famous singer and I and I think I probably thought oh, I'm going to go to London and I'm going to you know become a singer or I'll do something really creative and I actually joined Judy Fisher which was a temp agency And it was through them that I got the job at PFD and saw what a theatrical agency was. And at that point, it suddenly dawned on me that Bergerac had an agent. You know, Miss Marple had an agent, you know. Oh, wow. You know, you don't watch television and think there's a load of people behind that. You just see them on the screens and you just think that's incredible. Mm. Or you read an article about them. I just never had thought about it. So suddenly I, I was sort of propelled into this world of this sort of, you know, the the back sort of factory of how it all worked. And I really, I loved it. And I thought, this this is what I want. So I was very lucky, actually, because that was early 20s. And I think to find what you really want to do in life at that age is is, is really mm. lucky. But it was actually Dallas Smith of PFD, who's, who's Kate Winslet's agent, who gave me the chance because I'd, I'd basically made sure that that department knew who I was. And then after a few weeks, I think I had had a coffee with a lovely lady called Thea, who was an agent there, who'd mentioned to him I was interested. And he just walked into the lift one day and said, I hear you're interested in being an assistant. Would you like to be mine? And that was it, you know. So I, I felt like I really had to prove myself to him. And, and I, hopefully I did. There's a, there's a little equation emerging here. Plays the violin, can act, can sing, probably can dance, equals 
rather annoying, to be honest, because <laughs> I can't do any of those no, things. Yeah, but you know, I can tell you one thing, though. I, As a child, I really enjoyed doing it, but I never had the confidence to take it further. I remember when Dallas once said to me, are you sure you want to be an agent or do you think you might like to try the other side? And it was really kind of him to, to mention that to me. And I was really flattered, but I never had that self-belief. Uh, and maybe now, looking back, I should have had it. But actually, I love people and I love working with people. I love strategy. I love all the things that go hand in hand with being an agent. You know, it's like you have to have a certain amount of you're their confidant. So there's a certain amount of empathy, a certain amount of thought behind things that, you know, you have to have. Uh, knowledge of the market, be shrewd about negotiating their their contracts. There's so much that it involves. Mm. I really enjoy that. And there's a certain amount of nurturing I enjoy in that too. So, and I learned a lot because when I, after working for Dallas, I then worked for a lady called Lucy Brazier, who really, I, I respected so much. I adored her. I, I literally, I remember her walking in her Earl jeans and her Prada boots and, and clients loving her. And I just thought she was so wise. And she is. And she's a brilliant woman. And I and I think, you know, and, and part and parcel in that, you know, I've always been, that the whole world of media and that time at PFD, I was just meeting all these incredible women, women who were working in this world. And I thought, I can do that. So I never once thought, oh, I should pick that violin up again. I mean, my dad's still got it. He won't sell it. I want to ask you, uh, pick up on a, on a couple mm. of words you mentioned just now, Becca, self-belief. Mm. Yes. So you were you were modest enough to say you probably didn't have enough of it at the time. Yeah. But clearly there was enough of it for you to start your own business. What are the, <laughs> what are the key ingredients? Because a lot of people that listen to this podcast um, find themselves in a situation where they are thinking about doing something different, transitioning to a different place in life, starting their own business, trying to get out of a, of a, of a hole, dealing with a particular challenge. So wherever it is they're coming from in life, there is something that they are confronting or having to deal with and they don't quite get out the starting blocks. What are those key ingredients that you felt you needed to to make the move from the security of an employed position to, oh my goodness, um, you know, the bucks now stops with me? Very good question. I think that firstly... It's a re- it's really important to have a strategy. So when I when I moved from PFD to Stuart Higgins, that was quite the leap. In between, I'd done a recruitment job uh, for a sort of few months in between, actually, which really made me realise just how much I loved media. So I'd sort of tested tested out how much I really wanted to be in it. And then when you then when you sort of start working with people, for me, it was about. I, I loved the relationships I had with each individual client. And what I started realising was those relationships were more important to me than working for a for a, a, a bigger company. I wanted to nurture those relationships in my own time. And when I looked at them and I looked at the possibilities that they could and, and, you know, their career paths that we could work on together, I got really passionate about it. And there was a moment, I think, where I sat back and I thought, well, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Mm. And actually, the fallback plan is that I can go and knock on the door of another agency and say, I've got all this experience and I'd really like to bring it to you and work for you. So I never really felt like I was 
jumping into the unknown too much because I'd learned so much from these people that I'd worked for at PFD and with Stuart. I'd worked for amazing people. I mean, when I worked with Stuart, I remember reading Piers Morgan's first book. And, you know, I read, I was reading about my boss having a race to find, um, you know, this person in America. So who could have the front story? And I was actually working for that man. So I was so lucky that I think that I thought, potentially I can just use all this knowledge that I've gained and learned and and really help others with it and if it if it doesn't work out then then I'm not I'm not arrogant enough to think that I can't work for someone it's not about that it was about just giving myself the chance to go on a journey that I think I really my gut was telling me to do and I think your gut as long as you're in the right place to listen to it, when you just stand back from things sometimes, you can suddenly work out what your calling is. And I really felt that was at that time. That's a really lovely perspective that you've given us there, which is that, you know, kind of what's the worst that could happen? Because we have a lot of listeners on this podcast who say, well, you know, she's made the transition. um, She's more established in life. She's got less to lose than I have. But the reality is, if you've got anything about you, which, you know, most people have, wherever they are in life at the moment, there is always a fallback position and clearly in your case that was yeah. as true as, as it is for anybody else. I think also I mean don't get me wrong there's, there was a huge amount of insecurity too there always is but I think you know you've got to look at life and think I've got one chance here I've found an industry I love um, I've got clients I'm really passionate about. There was absolutely no guarantee, by the way. I mean, I, th- I think I should probably articulate this better, that when I left Stuart's, I just had a calling. I knew it was time. I didn't speak to the clients beforehand and go, guess what, I'm setting up. What happened was I spoke to him and I thought, I think, I think I'm ready. I need to take some time out and I'm ready to fly. And he actually really sweetly said, well, if you need any you know, investment, I can help you. Or if you want any instructions to anyone, so he was great. And I went on holiday to one of my best friend's um, weddings in Ibiza and when he told the clients they started ringing me going but we we want you so actually I rang my sister who who was in between jobs at the time and um, she's very creative and she was working in a a really in a completely different type of industry and she was going into journalism and 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 I said if I bring you some money can you just take some calls because it looks like some clients want to move to me and it seems like actually a really lovely flow and that's how it sort of happened. I didn't sit back and go, right, I'm going to you know, plot and plan. It was more, I know I need to jump out of this ship and think about where I want to go. And maybe I'd like to do this alone. I didn't know that my clients were going to follow. I was su- super lucky that they were able to and they did. Mm. Um, and, and, and it was great because that was sort of first steps into doing it myself. And, and, I, and I really, really enjoyed that. But of course, there were those moments like, who do I think I am? What, what am I doing? I, oh, God, you know, and, and, it, and it was like, oh, God, I need an accountant. I need to go, go and buy myself a laptop and I don't have an office. Mm. And but, but what happens is, and my advice to anyone out there is just make a list of all the things, you know, the bare minimum you need. Don't go and get loans and spend loads. You know, I just thought I need a laptop. It would be great to be a member of a members club so I could have meetings in an established place that were, you know, in silence with people. Mm. Um and I got going that way. And I looked for an assistant a couple of months in where, when I, you know, I saved a bit of cash. And that's how I grew. And I think don't don't push yourself to the max. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. I, I it was baby steps all the way. Mm. And that's that's how it grew. And um, with time, you do a few deals, you know, your client smiles at you. And also what's amazing is when your client has faith in you. I, I was so lucky. You know, clients like Tara Palmer Tompkinson and, you know, bless her soul, and, you know, Kate Lawler and Gemma Atkinson, they were all so wonderful. They they really had faith in me. And 
I look at Kate's like career and she's on Drive Time, chosen by Chris Evans, Virgin right now. And, and Gemma did amazingly at Strictly. She's been in Emmerdale. She's now Hits Radio presenter. She's now with Gawker. They've had a baby. I mean, the things these girls have achieved, I'm so proud of because I've been on their journeys and mm. it's lovely. So I'm really lucky that they, they actually had faith in me too. So what I'm hearing loud and clear is there was a very clear vision without necessarily the the minutiae of the detail kind of worked out that oh, yeah. you went along yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very interested to know then how the one of the most established and reputable businesses in your sector, because that's what your website says, but I know that to be a fact anyway. <laughs> and what I love about your website is it's very real. I will quote uh-huh. um, right at the bottom on the contact page, because they're normally so, I mean, they're just the standard, aren't they, when people put websites. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying <laughs> you put at the bottom of your website, feel free to pester one of the below. <laughs> and then you have a list of people, which I think is lovely because yeah. it's it's kind of modern speak and it's what we, you know, it's, it's the language language we use is is that a contributing factor is it i mean you, you we've talked before the show about people and how important they are to you what what do you think becca are the reasons for your exponential growth and success in your particular field of expertise wow um well thank you very much um i i I think, to be honest with you, keeping it real, I, I think is, is a huge part of it because we're in an this this industry in media. You know, you it, there's a lot of egos and there's 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 a lot of glamour that people think it's all about, but actually, you know, behind it all is 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 really a person. You know, my my talent um, to say who is talented, a hugely talented person with a huge amount of passion. And with that person, I want to help them build a brand. I want to help them build a brand for their own success, financially, um, personally, to be able to support them, their lives, build their families around it. Um, and I see it as a huge responsibility and I really enjoy it. And I think that you can really build your own brand if you look at, you know, if you start small and you know exactly what that one thing is you're good at, and you can think about how you can use that personality in certain ways. And now, obviously, you know, they've got podcasts aplenty. We've got social media. You can actually go on Instagram or YouTube now, Facebook, and create your own page and showcase yourself. You, don't, you no longer have to wait for Edinburgh for someone to see you on stage to find you funny. You know, I found Aaron Craskell um, through my client, Kate Lawler, very um, thankfully, he was working in a bookies in Dover and he was making funny videos uh, for Vine in his lunch breaks. Just, I think he would pop into Little or Asda or wherever it may be and he'd make six seconds videos and the joke would always be on himself. The humour was always humour that you could show children, any, any age. And he was just funny. And he would just put a smile on your face in exactly the same way that my client Alison Hammond does every day on this morning when she's interviewing a celebrity, a megastar and someone on the street. Mm. And he had that quality about him. And he contacted Kate because they were following one another. And he said, oh, Starbucks have come in and asked me to do like a campaign with them. And I've got no idea. And she said, oh, God, you've got to meet Becca. So I remember he came to London. I met him in the Riding House Cafe. And, and I, I walked into the cafe and he looked at me and he said, bloody hell, I never spent so much money on a Coca-Cola. <laughs> and, you know, he's from Dover, bless him. And he was just, he was just, I knew within seconds, I knew within seconds I wanted to work with him because I thought, if you can make me feel that good in, with your humour and your energy in five seconds, or one second, to be honest, mm. then what can you do? 
online with with brands on television. And here we are, four years later, and he's got 14 million over all platforms. He's working with Walker's Crisps, Domino's Pizzas. He's got he's had his own television show on BBC Three. He was just on Coach Trip, actually, with Kate Lawler. We're working on a really big project for next year, which is really exciting from, from a TV perspective. He's had his own book out. Um, you know, he, he is just a fantastic person and it's a joy to work with him he took me out for lunch last week to say thank you because he's so grateful and so lovely and you know we end up talking about so much not just about oh you know when's the next deal coming in but what do you want to do Aaron what's what's the next thing that the passion project for you what makes you tick he'll tell me what he's been up to the weekend how his kids are and it you know it's a friendship as well as a, a, you know, a, a job, and and that that's what I love. So I think, if anything, I never really think that I'm a boss. I never really think that I've got my own company. I just really enjoy what I do, and if that that comes across, and it, I think a lot of it is about energy as well. Because if there's a if there's a moment where you feel, oh, that, that that's that's not right. Whoa! And Aaron would be very happy for me to say this in public. There have been days when I've gone, whoa, 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 whoa. come here, come here. What did you just say? Sorry, sorry, Beck. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because it's about keeping people grounded, and they mm. need that support. But from someone that is saying that from a good place. Yeah. So I think as long as that's coming across, maybe, maybe, uh, hopefully, that's the energy that everyone's receiving. Did he take for lunch in Dover? Because it was a bit cheaper there. <laughs> <laughs> I have been for lunch in Dover, but no, he took me to Sexy Fish. I Did was he? Very Gosh, lucky. Obviously, got much deeper pockets now. <laughs> um, so. Uh, what I've heard a lot is the word person, people, personalities. Yeah. Clearly a very important part of who you are mm-hmm. and the the fabric that is your business. We talked over a couple of Black Americanos before the show about how important people are in your business. And I think I'm right in saying you've kind of adjusted your thinking a little bit in that respect. What are the what are the what are the clearly people are very important to you but what are they alongside that what are the challenges in your business as well what are you finding that you're having to deal with as a business owner so as a business owner when you have a team working for you there's obviously different characters different job roles um and there's an element of competition. I do try to make sure that we have um, a, a monthly goal that is achieved by the team as a whole. I think that's so important to work as a team. A little bit of competition is healthy. A lot of competition creates huge amounts of problems. You you know, there's no I in team, and I know as cheesy as that sounds, but really, I like to muck in with them. Um, but I've also learned that when you go off piste and you employ someone who, you know, you find incredibly intelligent and, and articulate and interesting. But if they're not a team player, that is tough on the rest. Mm. And I think also when you've got to find people, and this is something I've learned as well, and I'm still learning. One thing I will say is you don't just, and you know this, Sandra, more than anyone, but you don't just put your hand up and say, I've got a business, so I'm going to be a boss and I know what I'm doing. You, you learn every day. So, you know, that's the reason why, you know, you put people on probation for a little while as well, and I hate to say it, but it's about understanding that, you know, have people got that same the same morals as you, mm. the same values, the same goals? Because if you're all headed in the same direction and you've got the same values, uh, it just... It works. It slots into place a lot quicker. I also find that if someone wants to be an agent and they come in at junior level, they've really got to show me they want that. Mm. You know, don't expect to to be CEO after a year. 
you know, and that that was drummed into me at, at PFD, and I, you know, I I valued that. And obviously, there's there's that moment where you go, bloody hell, how much more have I got to do <laughs> before I get that tick that box, yeah. you know, and that get that 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 name on mm. the door. But ultimately, if you're just given things straight away without earning them, they, then they don't feel amazing once you've got them. So mm. I think there is something to be said for doing that first deal. That you know, even I now, when I do a deal. I get a high. I get a buzz. I, you know, I want to read that contract. I want to know that client's protected. I want to know that we've done as much as we can in our power to make sure that they are valued out there. And and I want my team to have exactly the same feelings and thoughts and um, emotions and um, business acumen. Mm. Because if they don't, you suddenly get a call from a contact going, oh, that's a bit weird. That's not very BBM. That's not very Becca. And then suddenly... What I've created is diluted, and it's not quite what it, what what it what says on the tin. Mm. So I, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I've learnt the hard way, um, but I mean, everyone that's come through the door is lovely. It's just about everyone having different goals mm. and different perceptions, and some people are not team players, and that's something that you need to make sure that you weed out very early doors. Yeah. I don't want this to be a political or controversial debate, mm-hmm. but it is. Um, unfortunately, we've not had nearly enough women on the podcast, particularly attractive, successful, driven ones like you, Becca. Wow, uh, but nice but therefore, it would be remiss of me not to take this opportunity to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about women in, in the in the workplace. Uh-huh. Um, a lot is said about you know there's still an inequality, there's a prejudice, um, there's an imbalance. What what would you say to women? Uh, in the workplace to help perhaps empower them to push themselves forward for greater success in whatever it is they they choose to do. As I said, don't want this to be a political debate um, and a controversial discussion, but I'm I'm very interested to know what your thoughts are. Since you have gone it alone, you've done very, very well, despite, particularly in the marketplace in which you work, despite the obvious... uh, I don't know if prejudice is the right word, but the obvious yeah, I understand. prejudices that do inevitably exist. Yeah. I think I was incredibly fortunate when I worked at PFD that there were some amazing, powerful women there. So you've got Maureen Vincent, who ran the actors department, um, Lindy King, who's got Ewan McGregor, and Lucy Brazier was wonderful, who I worked for, and um, Ruth Young. Um, I just, I, I honestly was surrounded by these women that, well, I just thought, fantastic. You know, you're... You're walking in here, you're talking to people, you know what you're doing. You, you, they stood up for themselves, they had a voice. And I think it's about having a voice. And sometimes I've learned that it's, you know, just standing back and silence actually is, is just as important as having a voice. But I think it's just valuing yourself and knowing and having faith in yourself and, and standing up for yourself. And I don't mean that in a way that you're waving a flag every morning. I'm a woman, listen to me. It's more, if you've got something valuable to say, then please stand up and say it. But I think knowledge is power. You learn a lot from other people. I learned a lot from being in that environment. I've worked for some fantastic men too. You know, and I've got lovely parents as well, by the way. You know, I've got parents. My my dad's been in business a long time. My mum gave up working to have her children and then went back into work when we were, you know, old enough. And I'm really lucky that she did that. And they and they brought me up with a really, really wonderful moral code. So I never felt less than as a woman, actually. I always felt that I could and I would and I should. Um, and my dad always said to me, never feel the pressure to get married early. Never feel the pressure to, to, to buy a house too early. He said, go and find out 
what you're passionate about. Go and find out what makes you tick and don't ever tie yourself down until you feel really ready to do so. Mm. And I'm lucky that I had that freedom from both, you know, a family perspective and also from, a, you know, my sister's an editor of a big magazine, you know, so both of us have followed that that, that dream of our own. Um, but I think that what you what we must remember is that, you know, it's, I don't think, I think if you see it as a fight, it will be. I've slightly ignored it, if I'm honest. I slightly ignore it and I just do as I do. And I think that takes the pressure off. I don't know if that's the right answer, but it just takes the pressure off me. I've got wonderful men that have worked for me in, in, you know, in the past. I've got a great guy called Jack who works for me now. He, what I love about him is he's got a powerful voice, but he's got a lot of empathy, um, which I find quite rare, actually, and I love his sensitivity with the clients. Um, and I've got Drew, who works for me, and she, she's a woman, and she she's wonderful too because she has both sides. So it's, you know, and I, I think that you... I really, I've never felt that I've been ignored by being a woman. I think that what I do, though, is I do stand up for my clients. And I think I'm probably well known for that person that goes, oh, here she is again. Here she is again. She's not going to let that go. She wants Kate to be at Virgin. She wants Kate to have that drive time show. She's not going to let that go. Obviously, the clients need, it's teamwork. They Mm -hmm. need to show their skills and stand up to the parapet with them and have their confidence and energy for it to make it work. But when it does, it, it's fantastic. I mean, we recently took on Chris Taylor from Love Island because I just think he's brilliant. I mean, there's a, you know, that's a massive platform, huge online as well, you know, young demographic. And he was so funny. He's got covered in tattoos, big glasses, bold hair, eclectic sort of sense of um, humour and and I just thought great he'll be fantastic for brands so I want to push him and I want to show him to you know the world that he's so funny and it's it's exactly the same thing I think you, I don't worry whether I'm speaking to a big company a small company a man or a woman I just get on with it I'm um, it's unfortunate this isn't a TV interview because people would be able to see the sparkle in your eyes as you talk oh. about what you do. So I'm, I suppose the question now is I'm really interested to know where that, that sparkle, that joy, that determination, that resilience that you have in spades, Becca, comes from. How do you maintain that degree of enthusiasm every single day? Oh, that's a very good question. Apart from tablets. <laughs> yeah. Not every day is it easy to feel this way, but I think that if I'm honest, I've found something that makes me tick. Of course, you wake up some days and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do, or that really is draining me. But I've, I've, I've learned along the way, you know, it's not been easy. You know, there's, of course, there's been times where I've been overworked. I've had adrenal fatigue. I've gone, hold on, I've got to take some time out. I've, I've, I've felt, I've realised there's been a year and I've had a week's holiday. So I've learnt, and it's, and I've learnt the hard way. But I've learnt that balance is really important. Um, you know, putting myself first is important. But I can do that now when I've got a team that I, I love and respect, and are learning, and are, you know. I can I can rely on and and it's about just you know listening to yourself and I think the more that you can nurture yourself listen to yourself you can then really put the energy into things that you value and you want to and do them to the best of your ability and then when you do that that's when magic happens and I think that's why one of my biggest pieces of advice to anyone out there starting their own business is you know, really find that sense of self and know in your gut what you're doing and trust yourself. Knowledge is power. But also remember that you can't control 
anyone else's actions. So think about how you're going to react back. I've learned from my mistakes. You know, I have reacted badly in the past. I have gone straight in where I feel like, oh, I shouldn't have sh- I shot from the hip there. I should have stopped and thought about it. I should have taken my time with that. So each time is a learning curve. So I don't berate myself anymore. I just think, OK, OK, right. Next time that happens, stand back, reevaluate, take a little time and then maybe we'll address that next week. One of the questions that we have for all our guests, Becca, um, and I think mm. you know this because you may have listened to a few, yeah. is with all that you know now, all mm-hmm. that amazing experience that you've garnered over the years, what piece of advice, what single piece of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? It sounds to me as you've kind of answered that question already, mm. and we've certainly covered a lot in half an hour. Is there anything you'd add to that to that conversation with a, with a young Becca Barr? I think that I would say never give up always put your hand up to say yes when it's something you're passionate about don't be afraid I remember once um, it's really funny actually when I was Dallas's assistant and I put the phone down I can't believe I'm missing this um, I was very early 20s um, and I said I said to the group of assistants around me um, does anyone know who Martin Scorsese is um, because the um, client <laughs> client um, oh, no. yeah, client needs to know about his recent script Oh, they were howling. I was like, God, what have I done? Um, and then another time, I think it's quite, quite, quite recent, I mean, quite, quite soon after that, I said, what's a Winnie Bago? And they were like, oh, Winnie Bago. And then that was explained to me. Anyway, I walked into Dallas's office because he said, come in here, my dear. And I walked in, I thought, God, you know, not only as I, you know, I was a country bumpkin. I was from Suffolk. You know, all these people yeah. lived in London, born and bred in London. And I walked in and he sat, sat me down and he said, I admire you for asking the questions you ask. And I also like the way that you react, you react to them when they laugh at you. And he said, well done, keep going. And then he went, but please watch a few more movies. <laughs> I did. I did listen to him. So that's what I'm saying. So I you think... then watched the Godfather trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> I did, Goodfellas I did. and all the others. I did, I did. Yeah. But the thing was as well, I think, you know, just immerse yourself in it. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I love people that ask questions. I have a new PA at the moment, Lily. She keeps on asking questions. It's brilliant. You know, like, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to learn. Knowledge is what you need. And when you've got that knowledge, you then just have to have that self-worth and that self-belief. Mm. And that will take you where you need to go. But, you know, always look after yourself. Final question. Mm. Everyone's out there is now listening going, who is this lovely woman? <laughs> so tell us, how do we find out about you? Website? social media, well, we... all the places we can find out about Becca Barr. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sandra. I've really enjoyed this interview, by the way. It's flown, hasn't it? It's I can't really, believe it. Yeah, it feels like five minutes. Um, so I have a website, Becca Barr Management. Um, also, we are on Instagram, Becca Barr Management. Um, I ha- actually have a personal Instagram account because I just quite like the fact that, you know, I've got a work and I've got a play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you find us on social media, on the website. Please feel free to contact us. I love hearing from people, whether it's about potential um, new recruit in the team as an employee or whether it's new talent I don't want anyone to feel afraid of asking we do like to get back to everyone if it's something that we feel that it's not right for BBM we'll still get back to you but you know there's a lot of talent out there and we and we want to know who you are so yeah that, that, that's the way so to go about feel it. Free, uh, feel, to pester feel free to pester Becca or any of her team. One thing you might see, though, also on my website is there is a little profile bit, and we all have a little uh, um, a sort of a little uh, quote beneath our, our photo. Mine says, champagne only, please, Sandro. So you know how I can Not be Not Cloudy Bay swayed. from the street corner. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
<laughs> it's been a joy having you on the show. It's been really good. Thank you so much for sharing so many amazing insights into your life and business, Becca. It's been it's been fantastic. Well, Sandra, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. And now I want to interview you. Absolutely. All day long. <laughs> that was the Sandro Forte podcast. And what can I say? What a really super guest Becca Barr was today. There are many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks. So please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up some more great tips on success. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Sandro's podcast. Please remember that Sandro's with an S. Same on all channels. And we'd love to continue to hear your stories, ideas, anecdotes, challenges, or whatever it is that motivates you. So please keep the emails coming. Hello at sandrospodcast.com. And if you can, please do leave a review on iTunes so we know what you'd like more of from guests in the future. Until next week, bye for now. 